Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Syracuse Sports, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider for SU Athletics. Brent Axe, Emily Liker here with you. It's not Panda Watch, Emily. It's Coach Watch 2023. More like 2024 by the time it really kicks into gear, right? But we figured because there's just so much going on on the coaching front, it changes by the minute, it seems, that we would come on and tell you what we know as of now. But I am going to put a rather large disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. Guys, stuff changes, and it changes fast. So if news comes out, candidates come into focus, something happens, um, consider this podcast kind of like a glass of milk sitting on the counter. It's not going to expire right away, but I don't know if I'd drink it tomorrow. I would just put it to you that way. So we're just going to have some conversations and and update this as we go. And Emily, what we learned uh, late last night and into this morning, and guys, Uncle Brent has warned you many times, coaching searches are weird. Weird stuff happens, especially in 2023. I would have put it on the screen here for those of you watching on YouTube. Dan Mullen responded to a Syracuse fan and took himself out of the running for the Syracuse job. Love the Cuse, but will not be the next head coach. He responded. So Emily, that's what happens in uh, 2023, right? Coaches have direct access to people. Mullins out of the mix. There was certainly a fever pitch amongst the fan base to bring in Mullen. So let's react to that. Let me turn to you and just get your initial thoughts here on Dan Mullen. Uh, at least according to his uh, X account, out of the mix for Syracuse football. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing it, it, that spurred a lot of these rumors last week was there was a report that he had been on campus uh, or at least had been somewhere in Syracuse to talk to John Wildhack. I think it's important to note that that report wasn't our report, um, did not say like what they were talking about, whether it was actually about the job. Like he could have been in town for anything you guys it could have just been a courtesy conversation he had with wild hack it could have been a conversation just catching up as friends like there are a number of different reasons a person like dan mullen could be in syracuse talking to john wild hack um coaching search is one of them but obviously now that's that's not looking like it has panned out because he's shut that down um so you know like I don't know. Everyone was really high on Mullen. And to some degree, I can understand. But you said this the other day. It's like you can't get too high on one guy that you're putting the guy that gets the job behind before he even starts. And that's what I'm kind of feeling like. I've seen several people be like, oh, now we're going to settle for the Patriot League guy in reference to Chesney, which I think is completely unfair to Chesney one. Yes. And just like, just exactly. like, like, oh, just have a little optimism, I think. Like, it's okay to be skeptical about, like, an FCS coach coming sure. in, um, stuff like that. I get that. And, like, of course, like, in today's day and age, like, you want a splashy name. It's fun to have the splashy name. But, like, do not let Dan Mullen not being the next Syracuse head football coach just negatively impact your your opinion of what this next few years is going to look like, I think. 110%, Emily. Now, look. I get that people have their favorites. Mullen would have been the splashy hire. Okay. Former head coach at Mississippi State, former head coach at Florida, prominent name out there. There's also a reason Dan Mullen's available, right? 
Now, you can make the case that maybe Florida got a little overzealous in firing him, and Billy Napier is not exactly killing it in Mullen's uh, success, succession here, which, keep in mind, this is the risk you take by firing coaches anywhere, let alone at Syracuse, right? I get what Syracuse fans were saying, that it would send a message that a name like that would come to Syracuse. It shows they're spending money and they're serious about this, and I, I completely understand all that. But I've seen enough coaching searches to know that names like this fall on their face at places that they go. So I, I understand it. But it is completely disrespectful to a Bob Chesney, just to use an example of another name out there, or some other names that we'll get into and some of our friends in the Syracuse Sports Insider Techs have brought up and are, are rumored for the job, right? I think it's completely fair to kind of look at the situation that Syracuse is. How much money are they spending? What's the commitment here? Who can they get? There are limitations there. There's no question about that. But to just go all in on Dan Mullen as the savior right now just never made any sense to me right so he's out yeah you start to take the the step forward here bob chesney is the name that i think people will focus in a lot on now Mm -hmm. and just to compare the two right mullen's the big splashy name chesney is the guy on the come up right he's 44 years old he's and see here's the thing emily that I want to stress here with, with Chesney. There's a lot of people out there that feel like, well, he doesn't have any power five experience. Well, you got to get that experience somewhere first mm-hmm. before you get into the power five, right? Before you get elevated to the power five. And the big thing, the chief complaint that people had about Dino Babers game day coaching. Well, Bob Chesney from everything I've seen here, and he would have to make a leap at the power five level. I'm not disputing that is a hell of a game day football coach. So I think you would be addressing, at least on the surface, what is the biggest issue that with the coach that you just fired, right? To win five straight Patriot League titles, I'm sorry, that's not easy to do. With the recruiting you have to do, the players you have to bring in, the level that you're at, on the resume, on the surface, the guy looks like just a good, solid, meaty football coach. So you're addressing that. People will look at it, well, he's the Holy Cross coach. He's the cheaper option. A, B, C, and D. We can go through all the reasons here, right? But I just want to stress, whoever it is, that you got to keep an open mind here and see how things play out and not go in with presumptions that they can't do this or they can't do that, right? Mullen probably has some resources and some names and some things that Chesney doesn't. And some other names we're going to bring up do or do not. That's the game that you play at this point here, right? Yeah, and you know what? To your point about like experience and not not having power five experience, there's been a, a handful of FCS coaches that have been brought up for power five jobs over the past few years. You look at Kansas and Lance Leopold, like situations like that. Um, These Kansas guys have to start good, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, they have yeah. to start somewhere and they work their way up. And you know what? Syracuse, Syracuse is a starting point in the power five. Um, that's just the plain and honest truth. Like it, it is a bottom rung power five school um or maybe bottom mid-tier power five school um and so like this this is a starting place for a a coach like chesney and and to your point he's had a lot of success at the fcs level and with holy cross and with at the division two level at the division three level like everywhere he's been he has made winning programs out of so far in his career um and this year he played boston college and army to within three points 
Boston College beat Syracuse. Syracuse beat Army. Like those are common opponents. Those are opponents he's going to see within the next few years. Exactly. Um, he he knows how to coach against them. So yeah, maybe he's not coached against them at an FBS level, um, but he's done a heck of a job coaching against them at and at, at his current level. So what's he going to be able to do with more resources and better talent? I don't. Thank know. you. That's the other thing. What if he's doing that at Holy Cross? Give them power five, and I get that Syracuse doesn't have the resources of other schools, but it's still pretty darn good in terms of you're in a power five. You have ace, yeah, you're you get ACC television money. You've got a new facility opening in two years. Give a good coach who made the most out of what he did at Holy Cross better resources and see what he can do with it. He's well connected to the Northeast, from what we understand. Uh, Football wise, people were really frustrated with the discipline with Syracuse on the field. They were one of the most penalized teams in the country the past couple of years. Chesney's teams are disciplined. They have a heavy emphasis on special teams, which, by the way, was something that John Wildhack went out of his way to bring up at his press conference when he was discussing the firing of Dino Baber. So, look, I'm not pushing in all my chips on Chesney here, but it's just a good lesson with Mullen out of the mix now that if you really attach yourself, it's like watching an episode of The Bachelor, and that you know, I don't watch the show, so help me out, Emily, if you do. Like, if that bachelor doesn't get chosen, right, doesn't get the rose, that's how that works on that show, yeah. and people are just crestfallen, right? Like, I think this is kind of what we're talking about with a, a coach. And I get it. I get why people kind of pick their favorites and believe that a certain candidate is best for the job. But I have to stress to you, you've got to keep an open mind. You've got to keep perspective in mind here. And there's a reason Chesney's name keeps coming up here. And if it's not Syracuse, it could be Boston College. It could be a, a number of other jobs that are now open after this weekend of college football. I mean, let me put it to you this way. I don't think Bob Chesney's coaching at Holy Cross next year, whether it's Syracuse yeah. or not. Yeah, that's true. He, he could land in a number of places, but it, it certainly seems like he is a, a front runner here with Syracuse um, just from what we've heard and all of that. And again, I'll throw out my reminder that I threw out on Sunday, like, there's a lot of smoke in this game and yes. <laughs> just, just be so careful who you're listening to and getting your hopes up about things that are not, don't have any legs to them and things like that. Um, it's going to save you a lot of time and energy in the long run. Thank you for saying that. And let me just say this guys, uncle Brent's seen a few of these. When you introduce a head coach, that is not a press conference. That's going to be thrown together in a day. These are dog and pony shows. They're big deals. They bring in alums. You know, the Lallies will be there. Cliff Ensley will be there. Uh, former players will be there. The current team will be there. Obviously, you invite the media, but you want more than just the local media to be there. I have seen, you know, for, think of Dino's press conference. Who's in the room? Think of when they introduced even Scott Schaefer when he took over for Doug Marone. Doug Marone's press conference. Who's in the room? You don't assemble that kind of thing in a day. And by the way, there is no way in God's green earth that you assemble a press conference like that and no one hears about it in terms of leaking it to the to right. especially with all the outlets that are out there today, right? So just when you hear things like that, and I'm not picking on anybody here, but this is just the stuff that gets thrown at the wall on Twitter, right? Just use your head. A press conference. Now, I will say this, okay, to be fair. And Emily, you know this as well as anybody. The way the news is going to come out is going to be that quick, right? Yeah. Someone will report it. 
Hopefully it's us, but someone will report it. Shortly after that, Syracuse will issue a press release, and they will inform the world who the new head coach is. And then in that press release, we'll inform the world when the official introductory press conference will be, right? So when people are hearing about press conferences, just use your head. Just Wild Hack's not going to show up at a podium and be like, here's the coach. Like, that's a huge deal to make that announcement, and you do it in a more formal way. But you do want to be on guard for how the news is going to get out because it is going to be that quick. So I'll, I'll be fair and, and balance it out. But a press conference, no, not happening. They also usually ask just for, I mean, like transparency sake on our end, like they usually ask us to RSVP to those things too. Correct. So like Correct. we do, we do get like at least 12 hours notice usually because they'll be like, Hey, we need to know that you're coming to this. So if, if there is not, if you're looking at like a next day press conference, we are probably going to have some notice of it within 12 to 24 hours, some Correct. formal notice from a spokesperson of the university. Just Dog and pony show. Keep that in mind. Dog and pony show. Okay, Emily, before we get to uh, some great insight and questions from our Syracuse Sports Insiders, and you can become a Syracuse Sports Insider at 315-847-3895. Just text the word ORANGE to that number, 315-847-3895, and you get a two-week free trial to text me directly your thoughts on all things Syracuse sports, the coaching search certainly front and center right now, but Syracuse basketball going on, anything on your mind on the Syracuse sports front, I text you, you text me, you get my, uh, this morning, wrote the story about Dan Mullen, you guys got it first, right? My opinions first, answering your questions, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that. It's been a great interaction so far, let's keep it going. It's just three ninety nine a month, by the way, after that initial free trial. Fran Brown. Put that name on your radar. Fran Brown is currently, I'm going to give you a little bit of his resume. He is currently the defensive backs coach at Georgia. He was the assistant head coach at Baylor, an assistant head coach slash co-defensive coordinator at Temple. Here's the bell ringer, Emily. Fran Brown worked with Nunzio Campanelli at Rutgers a couple years ago. And I'm going to pop this on the screen. It's like when you hear these things like, well, he's considered one of the best recruiters in the country. Well, who says that? Here's who says that. Brad Crawford, who is you know a notable college football reporter out there that really covers recruiting closely, looks at this top of the list right now in the 2024 cycle, Fran Brown at Georgia. Now, I'm going to say this. It's Georgia, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I would hope. The number the one guy, team in the country. Yeah, I would hope the guy with the back-to-back national champions, number one team in the country, could recruit at mm-hmm. Georgia. But, Emily, good recruiters are good recruiters, and that's the reason Fran Brown was added to that staff. Put that name on your radar, and we'll get to some of your texts on that uh, coming up here shortly. So that's the thing. It's a process. It's Dan Mullen. It's Dan Mullen. It's Bob Chesney. It's Bob Chesney. These things take left turns quickly. Elijah Clark, Syracuse Safety, tweeted this morning a little play on words. When was the last time the San Francisco 49ers played the Cleveland Browns? In that tweet, which has since been deleted, I wanted to show it here, but it has since been deleted. The words Fran and Brown were in caps. So as a part of our weird process, Emily, now we're solving puzzles to see (laughs) who are candidates. I'm doing the wordle 
or the or, or with some kind of puzzle to figure out who candidates are for this job. I will say this that that is a name you should put on your radar. I'm going to put yeah, it to you I, that way. I think my two notes on that will be one, you got to remember that players are also on the internet and just because a player is tweeting something does mm-hmm. not mean that they are hearing it from inside the program. Clark is a Clark is a Camden guy. He knows of Fran Brown. He could have just seen Fran Brown's name pop up in tweets this morning and decided to do that for fun. It does not mean the players are being told by Wild Hack that Fran Brown is the next coach. That's is it correct. interesting? Is it interesting? Yes. The other thing I'll say is not every name that necessarily pops up in this time period is going to be for a head coach. It's going to be for the head coaching job. There is an offensive coordinator position to fill. There's a defensive coordinator position to fill special teams. There's all the assistant coaches. There's a support staff they're going to have to fill. And I think obviously it it depends on who ends up being the head coach um, and how much you have to pay that guy and who that guy wants to bring with him from elsewhere. But with a guy like Brown, like if you're building, let's like hypothetical, if you're building the staff and Chesney is the head coach, like Brown is a guy you're going to want to, that would be a good fit to bring in. And he has some more of that power five experience that Chesney's lacking and could take a, a promotion to DC, let's say from his defensive backs. Um, That's correct. Now. So like it just because names are coming up, does not mean it's necessarily a name for the head coach or a name for the head coach in this cycle. I'm going to say this. John Wildhack's not going to be out there interviewing coordinators. Okay. That's what, that's the head coach's job. But what you just said rings true names that you talk to for the head coaching job could end up with other positions. You, that's definitely a question that comes up. Well, Hey, listen, if, if you don't, get the head coaching job, would you be interested in working for fill in the blank candidate? Right. And you're doing to steal a term from John Wildhack, who says this often due diligence, you're doing your due diligence, you're checking boxes, you're making sure before you do this. Now, some people move fast. Mike Elko is already the coach of Texas A&M and other schools like knew it, wanted it, bingo. Syracuse is not in that position. They have to do a little more due diligence in these things. They have, I would encourage Wildhack to pick up the pace a little bit, because now the market is more flooded. He's correct me if I'm wrong, Emily. I believe he said last week one of the reasons they made the move when they did was to get a jump on the process. And a week can make a huge difference in the process for Syracuse. But now you're swimming in deeper waters this week because a lot more jobs have opened up. Yeah, I will say they're they're still kind of falling in the timeline of Mississippi State and and Texas A&M just hired their coaches last night or within the past few day, days, they were the first two to fire That's their correct. coaches yeah. this cycle. So, like, there's Syracuse is still on, on track with that, but you're right that now there is a, a lot more schools that are looking for guys, and, and some schools do know right away who they want and, and go directly to that person and say, we want you, we have the money to get you. To the insiders, and I'm going to fly through these because, as always, you guys are awesome and sent a bunch of texts on this when I uh, informed you this morning as an insider. You got a heads up that Emily and I would be doing this and you would get your voice heard. From James, his top three is Chesney, Brown, and number three is I'd be disappointed probably. Okay, (laughs) Jason L. says Chesney or Jason Candle, who's a name at Toledo, who did not get the Michigan State job, as some anticipated. He says no to Fran Brown, 
maybe as a DC, as we were just talking about there, Emily, he could end up on the staff one way or the other. Matt W, top three, Chesney, Candle, Fran Brown, although I would not want to wait for him as Georgia is in the title game, most likely. Christian says, tough uh, with Mullen. He was my number one choice. My question would be, what happened? He clearly was a strong candidate, then all of a sudden he wasn't, question mark. It'll look like Wild Hack fumbled, even though that may not be fair. His top three, a Signetti at James Madison, Chesney, and Campbell. Michael, I would hope Syracuse would take a serious look at Fran Brown for the vacancy. The strong ties to Jersey make a strong case for him. In addition, hiring Brown could possibly have a better chance of keeping some of the current assistants on staff, uh, most notably Nunzio Campanelli, right? Jim H., other than Chesney, I'm really not that thrilled with the other names so far. Brown is intriguing, but I think we need an offensive-minded kind of person as a head coach. Emily, I want to stop there for a second because... I get that, and I understand that in the college football world today, and Dino Babers fit that description when they brought him in in 2015. I'm just going to use somebody as an example. I have no insight. Nothing. I'm just throwing a name out there that's a defensive coach that people would like here, and I think would dispel that. Let's just say Tony White. I'm just totally using this as an example, right? Tony White has shown the chops to be a head coach. I think he would be an accepted and popular choice here. And I feel like he's well-connected enough to get an offensive coordinator that would offset the defensive-minded type of label that he would bring in. Agree with that? Right. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think, yes, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a, an offensive-minded head coach, but I don't think it needs to be or has to be. Like, if you hire the right head coach, regardless of what their background is in, like they're going to be able to work with both sides of the ball and help both sides of the ball. And they will hire an offensive coordinator who has the chops to deal with the offense. Like, um, so I understand that perspective and that, and that want, but um, I wouldn't sweat too much if it, it does end up being a defensive guy. Frank Smigel who notes a person tired of mediocre football says, what about the assistant coach from uh, Ohio state? The one person on the list that has the ability to raise Syracuse football to that of its basketball program, besides bringing a winner's attitude, would draw exceptional young men, the cream of the crop. And I think that Syracuse alumni, especially those with money, would love it. As he likes to call himself, Jeff from Twitter, uh, no specific names, just give me legit Power 5 coaching experience. Chesney isn't that. I could probably learn to like a staff led by Fran Brown which retained Nunzio and brought in a young, fresh, innovative offensive coordinator since I'm hearing that Beck is out the door. And again, look, I think the Power 5 experience thing is overrated. Good yeah. coaches are good coaches. We, you brought up Leopold. You brought up a couple other names that when they got the opportunity in the Power 5, it didn't overwhelm them. And from everything I know about Bob Chesney, I could be dead wrong on this. I don't think it's going to overwhelm them, guys. They know this. They plan for this. The real go-getters out there they're thinking it's not like bob chesney's gonna walk in the door and be like whoa these lights are too bright like they're thinking about this stuff they're planning for this stuff they they have goals they want to move up the ladder and they have more information at their fingertips than they've ever had they have friends in the coaching circles they go to these conventions they go to the nfl combine they talk it's not like he's going to come in completely green to the situation i get he doesn't have the experience but he's earned the right to leap into that experience in my opinion also like 
like think of it this way like imagine if you are trying to get a promotion at your job to a role that you haven't held before but have done similar job qualities to how would you feel if like if your family and friends were like well you haven't done that job before so you shouldn't get it like that is essentially what this argument is and it's silly like every job every job including college football coaches start somewhere and i I don't think there is as much of a gap between an FCS head coach and a power five coordinator or assistant coach that, that people think there is. Emily, when you applied for the job with us, we could have said, well, you don't have any experience. Well, right. there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. You have right. to look at somebody's resume and take a leap and give them an opportunity based on what you see and what you think they're capable of doing. I mean, this is, it's a pretty simple thing. A few more from the text line. Uh, Roger B says, if Fran Brown can recruit, bring him in. Rutgers is a good program. They have produced many NFL players. Georgia speaks for itself. Sean B, the fact that uh, Wild Hack said he was, quote, pleasantly surprised by the interest other coaches had in the job speaks volumes to his complacency as a mediocre at best AD. In my opinion, Wild Hack's the real problem with the athletic department. Well, we'll see if that pans out here, depending on the coach he brings in. And to be fair, like this is the biggest decision you can make as an athletic director. He's hired a bunch of coaches, all alums in terms of the big names. He's hired some non-alums and other jobs at Syracuse and the facilities, the dome renovations, but he will be judged by this. Ultimately who you hire as a football coach. A few more, Emily. John W. says, I like Steve Adazio, Jamie Chadwell, or Kurt Signetti. I like someone with head coach experience on a higher level than that of a mid-major or FCS school. Chris R., we need a coach who's going to be able to uh, keep up with Jeff Brom at Louisville. I would prefer an offensive-minded coach who can score points. James Madison guy, that Signetti makes sense. How about the coach at Liberty? I also really like Manny Diaz. Tommy B says, I've got to imagine Mullen with his Florida buyout and ESPN salary is living comfortably. How much would a hologram of Coach Mack cost <laughs> these days? <laughs> Haven't thought about the hologram uh, note there. And he makes a good point about Mullen, Emily. He could be choosy. He's got Florida buyout money. He, I'm sure he's getting paid comfortably by ESPN. He can look at the landscape. He can zoom out and he beggars can be choosers in this case. He doesn't have to just take the first job that's thrown at his feet. Right. Exactly. Um, a couple names that, that popped up in there that I, I think are interesting. I, I do think, um, Signetti has been a popular one, obviously has success at JMU. Um, Chadwell, I have heard from a couple people, not like sources just from fans like that's I've also heard that um, outside of the text line that people are interested in him I do think it's important for us to know that there is a report that came out from football scoop last week which is a, a reputable kind of like coaching website um, that said the school that said that Syracuse has looked at five coaches that included Mullen obviously we can keep him out now um, the others are Chesney the Toledo coach Jason Candle who I believe came up in in, in some of those texts and then the Marshall coach, Charles Huff, and then mm -hmm. Notre Dame defensive coordinator, Al Golden, who I don't think anyone mentioned Al Golden in their texts. And I, I that would be um, an intriguing one. But those are the five names that are reported have been vetted. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there and make sure everyone's aware if they missed that. I'm not officially reporting this, but the 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 smoke I get is that Golden's not interested in the job. I think we can cross him off. They did vet him. They did mm -hmm. look at him. But I... 
I'd be stunned if it was him at this point. Okay, Emily. As of now, that's what we know. That's that what we know. Change. That's what we have. That's what we got for this minute. But <sighs> stay alert out there, kids. Somebody said it last night. I was logging off Twitter and I saw somebody say, you know what? I'm going to put my phone down and go to bed and something's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Because Dan Mullen tweeted around, I think it was past midnight, <laughs> that he was not interested yeah. in the job. So I was in bed. Uh, <laughs> That's the first on. thing I woke up to, though. <laughs> you can't even sleep these days. But that is the wonder of a coaching search. So, like I said, kids, stay weird out there. Stay vigilant. We'll do our best to track it all down for you. And Coach Watch 2023 continues here. For now, Brent Axe, Emily Liker. This is Syracuse Sports, presented by our friends at Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider of SU Athletics. Thanks again so much to our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895 to become an insider today.